Sip and Listen, the podcast meant to inspire, provoke, and cause others to collaborate while taking action. With your host, media princess, Carrie Keller, the beauty maker, Christina Wirtz, and lover of all things marketing, Elisa Lang. Do you dream of having long, luxurious hair? Now that dream can be reality with the help of Christina Wirtz's expertise in beaded hair extensions. Christina, owner of Haven Salon Healing in Scottsdale, wants you to feel sexy and confident again, no matter what your age. Whether you're looking for Instagram-worthy mermaid hair or you want the thickness back that you used to have, these extensions are the safest and highest quality on the market today. Christina blends them perfectly into your hair so that you can style it up, leave it down, wear it straight or wavy. Painless, easy, and affordable. Call to book your free consultation today with Christina, the beauty maker at 480-788-8880. Hey, good morning, everyone. Oh, hey, good morning. Good Welcome morning. Welcome back from Labor Day weekend. Speaking of labor. Labor. <laughs> we have a special guest. We do. Tell us more. I don't know. You tell me Laura. more. Carrie knows her better. Hi, Laura. Well, Hi. there is a connection to labor in all of yes, this. Yes, there is. Because it's Labor Day. <laughs> <laughs> was for someone. <laughs> well, it's funny because it was your post that we shared that kind of gave us the idea, the whole labor and birthing and education yeah. and doula and something about some spinning babies <laughs> spinning yeah. babies yeah i you, do do it all what's a spinning baby um spinning babies is a wonderful organization um that teaches providers how to help spin babies really um getting babies into a good position is half the battle on getting babies out so if we can get them into a position that um, is good for baby and good for mom, makes for easy, easier birth, easier labor. Oh, spinning while they're in the womb. I yes. have a spinning baby. Got it. I was thinking after their birth, you spin them for some reason. Well, you know, <laughs> I know we don't <laughs> endorse shaking baby syndrome. So that's what I was thinking. I was like, nope, I don't get inside. it. <laughs> <laughs> I had a spinning baby. Lexi was a spinning baby. Can't you just put them on like an inversion table and then the baby just... That part of (laughs) well, part of spinning babies is inversion. So it's um, some of it's, but it's more like you get on the couch and like lean way forward as one of like their signature moves. But there's a whole ton more that goes with it. So spinning babies is known for just is mainly known for spinning breech babies. So babies getting them head down instead of butt or feet down. But it can be used for so much more. So I'm into like handstands and headstands. Do you recommend doing handstands to spin the baby? I guess that would be kind of at your own discretion, but if you were skilled in it beforehand, um, probably not going to do a whole lot. And your equilibrium is going to be a bit off, my dear. You may want someone, you may want a good spotter if that's, uh, (laughs) if that's your jam. Elisa, why are you not laughing out loud? You're just laughing inside. Let it out. (laughs) I'm just overwhelmed with the spitting baby idea. (laughs) All right, so Laura, what do you actually do? So I am a childbirth educator um, and a doula. Mm-hmm. My joy and passion is teaching parents um, to have a birth that they have a voice in um, and that they, they can be comfortable through. Um, labor's hard, don't get me wrong, but there's definitely ways to make it more comfortable. Um, there's ways to make it shorter. Um, and having a voice in the whole matter is such a huge deal because our maternity care system today, a lot of families don't get that. Mm-hmm. Um, they just kind of get shuffled through like they're a number and I really want to give them a name. So what do you yeah. do when you, you've never had a child and how do you know what to ask for? So the best thing to do is to take a class. So 
I'm a little biased, but I teach a pretty great one. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the class I teach is called um, is an evidence based birth childbirth class. And it's amazing. It's created by um, a nurse with her PhD, and she's the founder of Evidence Based Birth. And it's a hybrid class, so which is awesome, which means you only have to come in person twice. So you come at the first class and the last class in person, and our middle four classes are online. So it's awesome for busy parents. Um, it's also got a ton of evidence woven through the whole thing, and we have a ton of comfort measures. So you're going to learn at least 15 different ways to stay comfortable um, in labor and birth, and a lot of those ways have multiple ways to use them. Um, and then we're going to talk and we're going to give parents a voice on what they they should be able to speak up about. We're going to talk about their rights. We're going to talk about how to use your voice, um, and we're going to make it so it's they're the running the show, not the not the doctors, mm-hmm. so to say. We want to make a team. Not that I guess I shouldn't say it. We want to make it so that our doctors and our nurses and our doulas and our parents are all being able to work as a team. That there's not someone um, barking orders just because there's a patient in the hall that needs the room. So what exactly is a doula? Great question. So a doula is a non-medical support person. So mom and dad need support. Um, They need someone there that knows the system. They need someone there that's versed in um, these comfort measures. And that's what the doula can do. They are a friendly face that parents have met before. So it's not another stranger in the room. You've met them, you know them. Um, and the doula is there to support um, the parents. So whether that's hands-on physical support for mom, or if that's running to get ice chips and water and snacks, um, or if that's let's let dad have a break because mom's been in labor for a day and a half and no one slept. So you can that doula can slep, step in and I would um, slap too. Yeah, <laughs> they, you know sometimes we sleep on couches and in cars and <laughs> we need our own breaks, but. Um, we can definitely be that support for um, so that everybody can have a break. Do you I ever like, come in without a doctor and assist with the birth? I don't. Um, that's not my role. I, I will come in before. So, you know, mom is in, maybe she's in early labor at home and they're not quite sure if they need, if they're ready to go to the hospital or birth center or wherever they're going. Um, and I can come in and help support. But once it gets to the point where there's medical attention or medical personnel needed, um, that's when we call somebody in. So maybe that's a midwife coming to your house or that's us going to the hospital to meet with your OB. Um, I'm there to hold your hand and squeeze your hips. I'm not there to check your cervix or catch the baby. So <laughs> I feel like I want a doula for everyday life. Right. To squeeze your hips. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you have a doula for everyday no, life? No, I would love a doula oh. for everyday life. <laughs> And carry a good train. <laughs> someone just walk around and rub my back and shoulders and tell me that I'm doing amazing in life. I mean, like, isn't how that what a, good would that be? Isn't that what a husband's for? Well, yeah. no. Do they Sometimes do that? They get tired. They don't do that. <laughs> everyone, everyone's shaking their head. No, <laughs> mine's amazing and great sometimes, but he's definitely not a 24 seven <laughs> doula husband. <laughs> doula husband. It down. Put an ad on Craigslist. <laughs> Wanted right? a doula, doula husband. husband. <laughs> It's a new term. It's a new box. <laughs> it is a new term. Let's make a hashtag. <laughs> Doula husband. <laughs> I don't think so, a man would want to be that. Yeah. It's way too much emotion. A really feminine man probably <laughs> yeah, would. You might have to put in there. A feminine <laughs> submissive man might like that. Not really. <laughs> it's just turned into a different show altogether. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Didn't that happen? So how a did lot. you get into this and why is it important to you? 
Um, so I got into this work after I had my first baby. Um, we took a childbirth class and the class itself, it really helped ease a lot of fears for both myself and my husband. We knew what was going to happen or what was likely to happen. We knew what, if something was going to go awry, what they were likely to offer us. Um, my husband had a toolkit full of comfort measures that he was able to help me um, work through the contractions. And after that birth, I was like, I got to tell the rest of the world about this because all you hear are these scary stories and people are like, labor was long and crazy and intense and the doctor saved my baby. And it's, that's not how it has to be. Mm. Um, so my husband and I were able to have um, a medication-free childbirth in a hospital. Oh, whoa. <laughs> um, and it was just us. Um, and it was amazing. It was one of those, like, this moment <laughs> kind of set forth not only the birth, but also, like, my journey into parenthood. Because I've totally looked at things way differently now that... Um, I'm like, I can do this. I can, I have all this confidence and knowledge and I just need to tune into it. So it has actually shifted the way I look at motherhood. Um, so I started teaching and then I attended a friend's birth. Um, and she was, she went in because she thought she was in labor and her water ended up breaking in the lobby and so they kept her, even though she wasn't really in labor. And she got put through the ringer, and it was like this, um, they, you, they were using this medication called Pitocin, which is like a synthetic form of oxytocin, and it makes contractions awful, crazy, awful, strong. Yes. And I watched my friend, and I was there to support her as best I could, and the nurses kept coming in and turning it up without her knowledge or consent. It was like behind her back. It's like, we're just going to turn this up because that's what the doctor said. And she's sitting there like, I can't take anymore. I can't do anything. And it's like, oh, sweetie, well, this is what you need. And she had no voice in it. And I had no way to help her. And I left just feeling wrecked from a, like, from a standpoint that it wasn't even my birth. And I, when I, so when I found evidence-based birth, because as I was teaching, I was teaching a different class before I was teaching evidence-based birth. And I was like, oh, this is what I need to do. This is giving, this program gives women a voice. This program gives partners a voice. Um, and it makes it so that we know when we can say no. I'm like, the doctors don't, necessarily always have our best interest in mind they're sometimes they're giving orders over the phone and they have no idea what's going on in the room and watching my friend go through this i'm like nobody should have to go through this mm -hmm. there are other ways there are other things that they could have tried that we could have done and looking at the evidence she could have gone home and waited for almost a full day before anything was really going to be of an issue as everything else was healthy her baby was healthy she was healthy um, baby was all looking good on scans and whatnot. And so it didn't need to happen. Mm. Um, and so that's why I'm so passionate because I just, after seeing the crazy difference between what could be and what is standard, it's, it's not right. So, yeah. So taking your classes, it's something that lowers the anxiety even like if you've never had a child before like I'm definitely. sure you have so many questions yeah definitely it lowers it can lower your anxiety it lowers your fear um it's, it gives you answers to questions you didn't even know you had 
Um, it also puts a ton of evidence at your fingertips. So a lot of stuff we'll, we'll cover the basics on. And then if, say, you come around and it's like, hey, your water breaks before your contractions start, which actually only happens in about 10% of women, even though when we look at TV, that's how all labor starts, right? Mm. Um, we can come back and look at the evidence and say, relook at stuff and be like, oh, well, hey, this is the evidence says that most women go into labor on their own within 12 to 24 hours. So maybe I'm just going to stay home and wait instead of going straight to the hospital. It, ha it gives you that, um, it gives you all of this knowledge and resource at your fingertips that maybe you don't need to dive into, but you know is there and you know where to find it. But isn't there something about being at the hospital in case something happens? Like for me, it's almost like, do you really want to wait those hours at home or would you rather be at the hospital where there's assistance? And yeah. So, I mean, there's a, it's a double-edged sword in some respect. And the hospital is there and they are um, doctors and surgeons and OBs. They're needed. Um, but when we put everybody into the same group, it ends up making that we're having more cesarean sections than we need because our OBs that are trained, um, in, they're trained in the abnormalities. And so that's all they look for. They look for what's not normal versus if you're having under midwifery care, they look at it as this is something that's normal and physiological in a woman's lifespan to have babies. So how can we support them? And yeah, we can see they are so versed in normal that they can see the abnormal very easy. So we can transfer to, um, we can look, say, maybe we need to do an OB care. So let's move that up. Or maybe we do need to go in for a cesarean. We have those options. Um, so the hospital can be there and can do great things. But just because your water breaks and contractions haven't started doesn't necessarily mean it's something that we have to run to the hospital straight away for. Mm. The, the evidence shows us that um, it's totally safe to wait and be at home as long as, you know, your water's clear and baby's moving around fine, you know, some of those things. Um, but we jump to using medications so quickly in a lot of, um, for a lot of things that it then becomes overused and then becomes the norm. And so we're, we're not used to what normal physiological birth can look like mm -hmm. in a lot of cases. That was induced twice. So I don't think I've ever, did you ever, did you go into labor? I did. How I was did. that? It was awful. It was <laughs> <laughs> the, first, the first time was 33 and a half hours and my epidural wore oh off. My Whoa. God. It was so bad. All these people that curse and scream and stuff, I had to think on how to breathe mm -hmm. because, it, oh my God, it hurt so bad. And when I was done, I was never, ever going to do it again. Yeah. Ever. And then she had two more. Yeah. What? <laughs> well, I waited like five years to have the first one and then another 10 to have that second one. <laughs> yeah. There's something about forgetting. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. what the pain was like. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it again. So with taking the class, a lot of it is that we give you a ton of comfort measures so that hopefully labor doesn't have to be that like painful in your mind. It was so awful. when you in your mind, in your did mind. you hear that? <laughs> no, it was, it I'm was, sure it was. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm totally sure it was because when we get women that that's all we teach them is that contractions are painful and awful. And then we get in our heads that contractions are painful and awful. Whereas part of this class is also flipping our mindset that we're going to tell you that our contractions or we call them waves in the class are going to bring us closer to baby. And by using different positioning. So when we get women in the hospital, what's the first thing that we typically do? What's the first thing that happened when you went in the hospital? Well, they hook you up to everything. They hook you up to everything yeah, and you monitors. get in a bed, yeah, right? Exactly. So normal, like if you're, I shouldn't, 
when you're looking at labor, when it's undisturbed, most women don't labor on their back. They get off their back, they're on their hands and knees, they're on a birth ball, they're in a tub. So when we look at all of these other options, we can, like, we can start to see that why part of what our standard maternity care is part of what's leading to making these labors painful and awful and crazy. Um, and I'm not saying that medication has a place, you know, when you've been in labor for 30 hours and haven't had any sleep, 33 and a half, 33 and a half, <laughs> there you go, 30, um, that, yeah, that, that's an epidural is probably the best bet. You need to sleep. Like you can't keep going forever, but it maybe maybe we need to look as a society that epidurals are not our first, our first line of defense. So when we get an epidural too early, it can slow mm-hmm. down labor oh, and then we need more medications and we need additional support. And then now we're in a bed longer, which now gets our babies a lot of times into a posterior position, which means their back is against mom's back, which is part of what spinning babies talks about is how to get that was my second one flipped around. <laughs> so all of these things, like there's this cascade that goes about them. So if we can wait and use our non-medical comfort measures, in the beginning, and then kind of if we need to switch later when we're more when mom is more in active labor to something like an epidural or something more medical, it studies have shown that um, it's less likely to slow down labor and mom is more likely to have a better outcome as well as baby. So wow, Does this make you want to have a baby? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> May I ask a personal question because it's sure. kind of related. A little bit, I think, to giving birth. Maybe. Now we're all listening. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm so, on pins and needles. She prefaced that. <laughs> okay. So, not you know what notes. IUDs are, yeah? Yeah. So, um, I need a new IUD. I had one six and a half years ago, and it was the worst pain of my life for five seconds, right? Well, it does. And <laughs> it is awful. Right? Yeah. It is. Not fun. And just thinking about it, I like start having a little panic inside. And I was like crampy and all that stuff. So I had my my appointment scheduled last Thursday. The doctor so canceled on me. And I was like, oh, thank God. But now I have to do it all over again. Yeah. Prepare myself mentally. <laughs> yeah. And I like, I'm just like, I want them to just knock me out. Or like, what can I do? Because I feel like it's the whole cervix opening thing mm-hmm. that's so painful. Do you have any tips for me on how I can change my mindset or like put myself in hypnosis or something? So part of it. Laura. <laughs> yeah. So R-T-T. part of it is... Um, you got to tell yourself why you're doing this. Okay. So you want a new IUD because you don't want babies. Like yeah. I get that, right? <laughs> and so that hurts way worse. <laughs> yeah. More than five seconds. Five oh, seconds yeah. versus 33 and a half oh, hours. Yeah. There you go. So if you put that in your head, it's like, okay, well I'm doing this. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. You can also listen um, to some guided meditation oh, yeah. or if there's like music that helps you like stay strong, like bring some earbuds, stick them in while the procedure's going on. Like, yeah. um, yeah. You can do stuff like that that'll be that can definitely help with comfort measures. And that's okay. we talk a lot about in class too is using music, using guided meditation, um, making it so that you are calm and collected um, really can help. And the more that you can the more you practice, the more you practice, um, <laughs> the the easier it is to, to drop in. Do you want us to go with you? We'll go through the whole <laughs> do you need, do you need an IUD doula? <laughs> <laughs> That's it good. does. It hurts so bad. Oh, my and God. She, when I had mine, they didn't tell me that beforehand. So I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I was I like, know. oh, my God. Um, yeah. So when I had mine put in, it was, um, I have two babies. And right now we're done. We're good with two babies. So it's the same thing. It's like, okay, well, what can I do that doesn't, that I, that was the best option for our family. And nobody told me it was going to hurt. And it was, the insert was okay. 
But then I cramped for like a good two days afterwards. Yeah. I was like, what is this? Why? I'm, I'm not supposed to have labor. I have an eight-week-old at home. I just did this. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I understand where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they gave me um, this, <laughs> what's it called? A cervix softener? A cervix opener? Uh-huh. Something. A pill. <laughs> okay. I said that to my clients the other day. And she's like, like a fabric softener? And she was dying. It was Cynthia, actually. And... um. But then I read online how it actually increases cramping. Yeah. And I'm like, Ooh, well, do I want no. a soft cervix or do I want cramps? Oh, that cervix. one's hard. <laughs> <laughs> is your cervix hard? That's what I was wondering. I'm like, is it hard? <laughs> it needs to be soft and pliable and open. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. what is happening? I was going to say, maybe, maybe you need to talk to Ashley beforehand and uh, maybe she has some input on. I was oh. thinking about doing that to remove some my steaming. old ID. Yeah, she steam said it. And steam steam it. If, maybe okay. if you steam beforehand. I have no idea if that's the case, but you know, she's my, when it comes to vaginal questions, that's, she's the lady I ask. So. Maybe I'll ask her. Yeah. I actually she had a dream. An coming up too. Does. Is that when you were doing your surgery? <laughs> no, I had a different dream that I took the cervix softener and I just like went to go pee and my IUD just fell out onto the floor. <laughs> and it was big. It was like that big. Yeah. I don't know how big they are in they real life. They are that big. Are they? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was a real dream. Yeah. I know you can steam them out. I don't know if steaming would help to put them in, but. Uh, yeah. I'll ask her. I'll ask her. Who knows? I don't know. You can steam them out. You can. You can totally steam you them out. You can just pull it out. I can't reach it. I've never been able to feel the string. My fingers are like an inch and a half big. Carrie, get it. Carrie, get it. I got you. You got it. So you're going to pull it out and you're going to hold my hand as my doulas for my IED. I am not anywhere close to that. I got you, girl. Sounds awful. That's what real friends do. Oh, man. Will you wipe my tears? Absolutely. Will you whisper in my ear a guided meditation? I sure will. Oh, oh no, she's getting close. She's getting close. Do we have to go on break yet? Yes. All right. it's my dumb. cheeks hurt. Yes, we're taking a break. Yes. Because we went off the rails again. We'll be right back. Did you fall out of love with your marketing? Are you ready to reconnect with your audience and grow beyond your own limitations? Get to the Ellen Sparks Agency and demand a spark session right away. Spark Sessions are tailored just for you, the busy, growing business owner looking to bring the sparks back. EllenSparksAgency.com. And that's Ellen with only one L for Love Your Marketing. All right, we're back with Laura talking about birth with knowledge, and the girls are having way too much fun. Yeah, you're so serious today. I know this is a serious matter. Like, I take this extremely. But we gotta Seriously. make it fun and light. I, I know. mean, you know, I know these are babies. Babies. I don't want to break this down to you, but you do you know what all happens to get to the birthing part? Yeah. Well, is this part the of sex? the so the yeah, evidence? so that is. <laughs> is part of the evidence. Okay, so the the same hormones that get you in the mood and get you flowing to have the baby to conceive baby are the same hormones that get baby out. I knew it. Yep. Mm-hmm. I knew it. That's why they really? said sex before. Yeah. Yeah. So should I have sex before my IUD insertion? No, they told well, me not you know, to. No. Well, no. <laughs> We're not I'm not, I'm not talking about. I, I'm not. I'm not skilled in or uh, <laughs> researched enough in this area. There's no evidence but to show. Sperm does have prostaglandins in it, which We're is trying a, to prevent babies. We do not need sperm in there. Well, <laughs> for, for, our, for our friends that are trying to get babies out, um, sperm has prostaglandins in it, which is a cervix softener. So. 
that's part of the having sex before oh. or trying to induce labor oh. is that when the, the sperms hit the cervix, it helps soften the cervix. Those but sperms. you're also releasing <laughs> lots of oxytocin, which is the hormone that is going to induce those um, contractions that are going to make the, the labor contract to get, help get baby going. So there's kind of a lot that goes into the sex, but definitely a thing you Hopefully. can try at home to uh, get baby out. <laughs> well, oxytocin is also released when you have like physical human touch, yes. like cuddling yeah. and stuff. Which Let's also, just go to a cuddle party beforehand. Right, exactly. You can cuddle, but it also, that's part of having that's a doula a is show. having that physical support from yeah. another person that you can trust. That's a girl. Um, and a lot of my job on that front is not necessarily being the one touching all the time, but I can help I dad be you. like, hey, go get close with mom and uh, help get that baby come out. You know, it's oh. getting the oxytocin flowing. You don't even need to go to the hospital. Yeah. We got you, Christine. Come on, baby. She's got to get the oxytocin flowing in all aspects Ooh. of life, apparently. <laughs> I just want to have a cuddle party. We'll all get together and do it. I watched a video. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea this show would turn into this today. You can come too. <laughs> Big party. <laughs> so, okay, so how does it work? Like, how, how does someone hire you? What's the process? What's cost? And Yeah, so, um, <coughs> excuse me. Because um, Christina's definitely going to need you. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, I just well, need you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I'm out. <laughs> you can train me. <laughs> so I have an awesome website you can um, you can check out. It's evident. Sorry, that's not my website. Um, it's birthwithknowledge.net. Um, and I have all the, my class listings on there. I have two locations. Um, so you can come visit us in person in Gilbert or in Mesa. Um, and... Yeah, you can register right there. If you're looking for doula services, um, where all my packages are packaged with a class, so you're gonna come and take a class with me, and then um, we ki kind of work with, work with you on, depending on your due date, I always just take a couple clients a month, um, usually one to two, so I have come limited availability on the doula front. Um, but yeah, we set it up and take a deposit, and then I'm on call for you from 38 weeks to when baby's born. Oh, wow. So, yeah. I like that. You could just, like, come hang out. I think I'm getting something. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a team, or do you work on your own? On um, your so I am, I am, birth with knowledge is me and all me. Um, we actually, I just joined a collective. Um, we just announced today. So if you haven't hmm. heard about us yet, that's probably why. But if you, um, it's Phoenix, let's see, I got to get this right. Phoenix Valley Birth and Baby. Um, we are a collective of doulas, um, childbirth educators, and photographers all over the valley. So there is somebody there that can meet whatever needs you are looking for. That's um, phenomenal. That. We can get your photographer for your experience. Yeah, yeah. I did that once for yeah, a friend. You wanna, I got fired. Do you need to photograph, photograph your, your IED experience? I don't know. I've never <laughs> seen my cervix, so maybe. There's your chance. <laughs> well, <laughs> you have to pick up. It's like grossed out. <laughs> Yeah. You need to decide whether you want me to hold hand or photograph. <laughs> <laughs> photograph the experience. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it just totally depends on what you want your birth experience to look like. Um, there are lots of amazing women out there that can help um, make, it, make it what you want. How did the collective come about? Um, so the collective came about, um, uh, Nicole and Amanda are the two lovely doulas in the Valley that um, started this collective. And they were... 
um, backing each other up. Um, because have, being a doula, you need a backup. Like you need somebody to back you up. You can't be, we're on call 24 seven for our clients. And sometimes that just doesn't, you know, you've got a, your kid's birthday party or, you know, God forbid you want to get out of the heat for the afternoon. Like we need people to help, to help with that kind of stuff. And so they were working together and they're like, we don't want to give up our personal brands. They both have been very successful doulas in the Valley. Um, and so they wanted to bring it to a place where we can all still be our individual selves, but have a place that's united to put all of our, our, our talents so that it's somewhere that's easy to find. Because you're overwhelmed in pregnancy anyways. And when you have somebody telling you, it's like, now you need to go research what childbirth class you want to take. And now you don't need to go research a doula. And now you don't need to go research a photographer. And it's like, instead, it's like you have a person that you trust and we've been vetted by Nicole and Amanda who have been in this field for, I apologize if I get this wrong to you ladies, but I think um, Nicole has been in the field about five years and Amanda about 10. So they've been doing this for a long time. They know the scene um, and they have put this collective together to t make it a one-stop shop for moms. They don't have to go all over the internet trying to find what's what's out there it's a phenomenal it's idea yeah. it really I feel is like great. the more things you can do to reduce your stress yeah. in that time the better exactly. exactly and it's yeah so it's just it's easy everything's right there we have a calendar so you can see all of the childbirth educators that have classes going on and pick one that fits your time and what you're looking for um you know my class isn't necessarily for everyone but you know if you are a busy parent you want all the information you um usually my parents are more educated like they just that that's kind of who is drawn to this this class um then maybe i'm the one for them if they're like i want a home birth in the woods with like just my midwife then maybe i'm not the exact person for them oh that sounds um, weird altogether oh i have a friend yeah, right? that did that it's totally was it you no heck no uh -uh. <laughs> like it's in the creek doctors no I she did know. it like on the top of a mountain in a big tub oh yeah how did she get the totally tub to the mountain chick. She lived on the top of a mountain. Oh, I thought you meant yeah. she like put a tub up on a mountain and No, did it she there. already lived there. It was like <laughs> it was an incredible view, but that's the last thing I'm worried about is the view at that point. Yeah. And she's just Which like, I mean <laughs> But the view so can you do gotta, the oxytocin yeah. thing. Right. Well, that's that's true. true. And it, you know, when you're in a place your you're in space. a place that is your happy place, it's easier. I had my second baby at home in her bedroom. Did you really? Yeah, I did. And we I had a big blow tub, we <laughs> Move stuff out of the way. Oh and gosh. I had, I still had medical staff. I had a midwife that came to me. She brought all of the like, backup um, medications and the and oxygen and stuff just in case we needed anything. Wow. But wow. because they're so versed in what's normal, they can pick out the abnormal real easy. And we just kind of trekked right on through. He was, he came four and a half hours and I was sleeping in my bed by 10 in the morning. Like he was, wow. Um, wow. it was, it was an incredible experience, but I would never have gotten there had I not gotten through another classes and mm. um going through a birth in the hospital like we i was not ready to do that for my first birth see i needed like. a hospital for both my <laughs> i cracked the first one skull delivering here oh, oh no God. the second one had to be a spinning baby Babies. so yeah <laughs> so if you don't have like a mountain or woods to go to have you ever <laughs> have you ever heard of people using virtual reality during birth oh i like that like, oh, i think that's a new one but right? i don't see why should that, i make a business around maybe it? maybe you should yeah. like Maybe and extensions. Should, yeah, add that on. Like, doula <laughs> services, including virtual reality. <laughs> and extensions. <laughs> you gotta add the extensions. extensions. Yeah. Right. And extensions. You can have long, it. flowing hair as you like birth your baby. Yeah. Petties and milk. Be great but for I could totally see that being, um, <laughs> right? if, that, if that's something you needed, I mean, there's a lot of 
classes out there that are really into hypnosis and you know it's like mom's got earbuds in and is in her own world the whole yeah. time and wow. again i think it's one of those the more you use it the easier it's going to be to use um in labor and so if that's something you've practiced with and using this virtual reality up until labor starts, then it's going to be something you can fall into and use pretty easily. We've got to connect you with Laura. She was one of our guests on the show, and she does uh, RTT. Yes. I've actually heard that episode. And, so, yeah, that she's fabulous. so great, but she, she can is. help some of your clients yeah. as well. Yeah, hey, you guys should of the partner collective. and do events. Maybe. Yes. That would be fun. <laughs> I like the petty and milk idea, like while what? you're pregnant, because that's like when your belly gets so big, you can't do your own toes. Oh, yeah. Was no one else in this boat? Okay. <laughs> no, fine. oh, no, I didn't. I've I was like, boat. <laughs> every, other, every other week was yes. like, someone just come rub my feet. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Since you can't have like martinis and petties, yeah, that's true. No. milk and petties. <laughs> Maybe yeah. you should get your cosmetology license and then you can give people pedicures as they're doing. No, don't do more. I, do yeah, less. I don't think I need any more. <laughs> <laughs> Need a partner that does. I know. I just need someone to contract that one out. It's expanding the collective. I think it's a great opportunity for more people to get involved. Because I think supporting. I remember when I had my my kids, we had uh, meal support, which I thought was the most amazing Mm -hmm. blessing in the world. Like you get home and meals have been prepared for like two weeks, right? And it was just the best loving support. There are also these magical women out there that do postpartum doula work. Like they will come to your house and they will do your help with your laundry, help cook meals. They'll take your older kids. If you, if you want the doula to hold your baby, they'll hold your baby. You can go take a nap or a shower or whatever you need. Showers? Um, Right. I I know. know. Shower by yourself. Um, There are the super magical ones that will come and do overnight care for you. So they'll stay up with baby and they'll just bring you baby to feed and go back. Or if you're bottle feeding, they'll feed baby for you and you can sleep. So yeah, postpartum doulas are like that? magical women, right? And we have some of those in our lovely collective. That's great. Um, that's one I'm like, again, I can't take on more than I have, but I can tell you where to go find find these because that's I what that's that. what we all need is we just need support from. Well, you know, conception is all on your own, but after is it, or is, or is it? <laughs> well, we have had some other shows. We don't. There are, but even those. Um, <laughs> For most of us. Uh, <laughs> but after that, you need support during pregnancy and labor and birth. And after and postpartum, it's really important. So, Well, a lot of it is yeah. scary since you don't know what's going right. on. Like, are my nipples supposed to do this? Like, why right. is it hurt? Why is this? Yeah, it is. And because we keep it all behind, you never know behind, the, behind the doors, I like just behind re- the screen. Do you remember and, that time? Uh, yes. I remember I couldn't even believe they were letting me leave the hospital with her. <laughs> right? Like, do you know what you're doing? What? You're just going to let me leave? (laughs) 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 I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I was so ready. Oh, my gosh. You did the first one? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. No. I was just like, oh, my God. I'm like, I got this. Uh -uh. No, I read every book on the subject you could imagine. Yeah. I was so ready to be a mom. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But I mean, I was the kid that you'd ask, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? A mommy. A mom. A mom. I want to be a mom. That's so sweet. And I was 28. Before I was a mom for the first time, and I was still like, "What the heck?" Uh, yeah, yeah. Are Wait. Pr- sorry, go ahead. No, no, mine's off topic. Go ahead. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Well, so what I was going to say though, is so, so many um, moms read all they can on birth, and then they stop, and it's oh, I kept going home, right? So like, well, I think so you're in the, the far minority that <laughs> that kept reading. So it was I did. there is there's so much, and it's like we need to get that out there that it's not normal to be bounced back at six weeks. Like takes some people a year, oh, yeah. two years, three years, like to really come back to find who they 
who they are as a mom. And that's okay. But as a society, we, you know, we put a lot of this behind closed doors. We put the hot, we put birth behind closed doors in the hospital. We put postpartum behind closed doors. Right. And so it's just, we need to make that what's normal. (laughs) What do we, what it's normal to leak out of every spot after you have a baby. Like it's normal to, it's normal to bleed. It's normal to not feel yourself. It's normal for your emotions to go up and down. But when we give women support, it doesn't make that transition seem so crazy and scary. Like let's support our moms through this so that they feel like they can transition into motherhood. I think you really hit on harshly. something. Cause I think during that time I felt like I was not supposed to be this way mm-hmm. that I think that resistance was really the, the worst part of it. Yeah. All. Right. Like, why is my body doing this in- mm-hmm. instead of like realizing this is what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, the second time, definitely a different <laughs> But we're all moms. Again, you had never, with your second, like you had never been a mom to two. So it's still this new transition. And we don't, and that was like, for me with my second, it's like, oh, I've done this before. I can do this. And my second was, postpartum was way more intense than my first. Like it was like this huge shock. I'm like, now I have a toddler and a baby. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I don't like, and I'm supposed to have this all together because I've done it before, right? (laughs) Let's see, I have two kids. I have two hands. I don't like, and there's dishes that are this high in my sink and laundry that hasn't been done in weeks. And well, and as women, I don't think we're normal, supposed right? to say so, we need help. And right. I think it's such a wonderful space to have. Like, yeah. I need support. Will you just right. hold my hand? Right. We need help and support through it all yeah. of it. And I don't know I about had, you, but my second one was totally different than my first one. Cause my second one was preemie and Aww. she was totally different than the first one because yeah. she couldn't nurse because she would fall asleep because she would, it would just tire her out. So, so it was like I was nursing 24 seven. Yeah. And it was, oh, it was miserable. Yeah. <laughs> so awful. Oh, and sorry. Andy had someone else in there. Well, no, well, yeah. <laughs> she was four, almost five. So she Aww. was just like, baby. <laughs> she was really good. See, I joined um, mother's clubs too. That was a, a huge yeah. benefit, like yeah. mops and, I don't know if that's still around. Mops. Mops Mothers of preschoolers. Yeah. Yeah. And I was vice president of the mom's club. Like I did it all. Like I went sure. full in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. That definitely helps. But it did. Yeah. Well, and then you start surrounding yourself with people that actually have been there. Right. You're not alone. You don't feel you like find some your, sort of alien. You find your circle. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 And then you start talking and it's like, oh, well, my kid woke up six times last night too. Like that's not normal like that's 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 okay like you kind of realize that what you're going through is normal once you get that group of friends but we're so isolated so much of the time that it's it's hard yeah it is my third one was easy because i had a 12 year old and a nine year old and so i'd if i was here take the baby (laughs) i got shower i got sleep it was awesome yeah you had some built-in i did i did so it was just like yeah that was that's the way to do it i know right it was awesome Uh, so Christina thinks you want to have one, huh? I mean, no. Still not. <laughs> a little bit? When I was your age, no. I did not at all. Are we softening my it mom, just a bit? My mom's maybe listening to this episode being like, come on, Aww. convince her. She literally just asked me like last week. She's like, are you sure? I'm like, I'm 29. She's like, yeah, well, your clock's not ticking yet. I'm like, I don't think it will. But if I had all the money in the world to hire doulas, that would make it a lot easier. I don't think you need oh, all the true. money in the world. Is it that expensive? So it depends. You can find a doula. So I've been teaching childbirth education for about four years now, and I'm just stepping into the doula field. So my prices for doula-ing are far less than what um, <laughs> a lot of the experienced doulas What's are out the there. What's the price range? So price range, you're probably looking somewhere 
for a brand new doula, maybe four or $500 versus an experienced doula somewhere a thousand to $1,200, depending on, uh, depending on what you're getting for the but whole duration for, of the, well, it depends on what you're getting. So like if they're usually you're going to get one to two prenatal, um, appointments, some, some doulas do more, some doulas do less. Um, and then you usually get at least one postpartum. And then they're on call for you for usually 37 to 38 weeks until you have your baby. Um, not a bad which deal. that alone is a lot of work on a doula's end. Like you don't like you don't see the back end of it. It's like they're on call for you because babies mm. happen all hours of the day and night. Um, and then they're there with you for for your labor. Um, you throw in a meal support and I really see some value. Yeah, yeah I'm not kidding. Yeah. What about the magical postpartum doulas? Um, those wonderful ladies charge somewhere, um, 25 to $50 an hour, depending on time of day and what kind of care they're giving and how much care. So if you like were to get a package with them, it may be a lesser end yeah. versus how far post. Cause Carrie and I are looking into this. <laughs> <laughs> Your kids are fully Can grown. You, <laughs> but it's still here. Can you come watch the nine-year-old? <laughs> Can you just watch me? That's a that, that might be, um, you may be able to find a babysitter for less expensive than, uh, for me. Do you play for Fortnite? You. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> you, so it depends on how much you support you need, but a lot of times postpartum doulas are that, like that, that uh, first trimester kind of after. So the first three to four months after is when I think most moms are typically going to use a postpartum doula. But, you know, if you've got, maybe you had triplets and you need support Holy the moly. whole first year. Like, who knows? Whoa. Like they, um, yeah, those, those ladies wow. have a lot of... Um, wonderful things and you can talk to them kind of on their packaging and i think we need like the so. empty nester doula <laughs> are there pre <laughs> it's gonna be forever for me pregnancy are you doulas wait what yeah pre? people oh. who deal with like infertility there are there are totally women that deal with um infertility and there are ivf doulas or infertility doulas out there um we don't have a ton of them in the valley but i do know a few doulas that are um would love to get in that line of work that have been through it themselves so hmm. um if you need names i'm happy to uh connect anyone that's looking for that so do you work with ashley as well in this um so ashley and i um, are great friends um and we are working to get a postpartum steaming package included in one of my doula services that's awesome. so that's um nice. we haven't quite nailed all of the details down yet but talk to me in about a week and i'm sure we'll have it uh squared wow. away so that's glitter nice. included yeah glitter <laughs> Yes. Vaginal, glitter. Vaginal glitter. She does have some kind of no, sprinkles. Sprinkles. She does. Sprinkles. She's got vagina sparkles. sprinkles. Sparkles. It's sparkles. Sparkles. Sprinkles. 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 Are a, they it's another party. <laughs> we got a whole a few parties to, to, <laughs> to put together after this. Yeah, exactly. Let me write that down. <laughs> Must get sparkles. So I know get this sprinkles. collective is like a new journey for you because you yeah. said it's like just launching for you. Yeah. What's your future plans with your business? Um, right now I am, I just want to get parents into classes. Like yeah. that's my, that's my biggest goal. If we were, um, if we're filling classes and we're getting parents this knowledge, our maternity care system is going to change because the consumers, the parents are going to change it. They're mm -hmm. going to request stuff. They're going to ask for things. And as much as it sounds odd, that's what a hospital is. It's just, they, we are consumers to them. They are providing a service and whether it's coming out of our pocket or from the insurance company, somebody's paying them. And so 
by showing parents that they have a right to ask for things and decline things, it's going to change the way that our maternity care system is. And really, that's what I want. I, like, I mm-hmm. want us to be coming from a more family-centered um, model so that we're, our family is in the center mm-hmm. instead of this like top-down de- top model that we have right now where it's the hospital administrators and the lawyers that are at the top that are making decisions out of fear and liability mm-hmm. issues mm-hmm. instead of um, really looking after mom and baby and the family unit as a whole. So you're looking to shift the whole system. I, I mean, in long term, yeah. I and love that. That's, yeah, that's big goals. That's huge. <laughs> so, that's amazing. It's a great so, But I think we do it as a, it's got to be from like this grassroots effort that we're just getting parents um, on board and making, having them really help shift. Totally. Because so, I'm one voice, but if I can give that voice to other people, then that multiplies Mm-hmm. exponentially yeah so for sure yeah we were talking briefly before we came in here and you were saying that your husband was teaching with you at the beginning yeah my husband did um he has been a fantastic support through this whole thing um the classes really helped him and it just made him feel really a part of our birth with our first son and really our second our second son too but he was teaching with me um in the beginning we were we would we were teaching classes out of our home and our little one was little. So he would go to bed and then my husband would join usually for like the second half of class and Mm kind of give his, um, his male perspective on things. Mm -hmm. So hopefully at some point we'll be able to get him back to get that perspective. Um, but you know, I have a two and a half year old and a four year old at home. So right now he's, he is playing dad. Um, he is being dad when I'm, I'm teaching. So, which is great that he gets that time with them too. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Yeah. Partnership. I think this whole collective thing is going to like grow exponentially. Yeah. I'm super excited about it. It's um, the women that are involved are, they have so much passion and um, they, they so want to change things too. You know, having a doula in the room, it just, it, it lets us help remind our clients and our families like, Hey, you have a right. Like, I'm not going to go in there and I'm not going to be your voice. Mm-hmm. I'm going to remind you to use your own voice um, because I don't have a, it's not my place to tell the doctors what you want. It's mm-hmm. my place to remind you. It's like, Hey, remember we talked about this? Um, did you have any other questions before they started your Pitocin? Did they, did you want to try to um, get into a different position? You seem uncomfortable, stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. where, that's where my role is. But yeah, the women that are there that are part of this collective have so much knowledge, have so much, influence um and i yeah that we're gonna make some big changes yeah it's exciting yeah it really is do you ever get family members that are you know wanting to be doulas or wanting to support their family in that process and is that something that you encourage or discourage so everyone has is everyone's in a different place so maybe you can't afford a doula maybe it's just like hey i got four sisters Mm -hmm. that have all been through this a number of times and i want them there i don't need somebody else so I totally encourage that. I, I really encourage them to um, make sure that the family they're bringing in is on the same page. So whether that means they're coming to class with them or they're sharing information with them, um, but to have some kind of sit down before birth so that everybody is on the same page is really important. Um, the second, our second in-person class is a labor rehearsal and I invite um, I invite my clients to bring in either their doula or a family member in addition to their partner to that class so that we can all practice together. 
So I had a class last week and it was um, mom and her husband and her mom was there as well because her mom was planning on being at the birth with them. So it was great that they got to all work through the comfort measures together. They got to ask questions um, and stuff like that. So as long as you've got family members that are supportive and are like on the same page as you, then you should invite them into your space. Now, if it's someone that's like going to make you anxious and nervous and like you're on a clock for them, then that's a whole nother like maybe they should stay at home and you can call them later. But um, I kind of like to put the analogy out there that if you would be comfortable taking a poop in front of them, they're probably okay in your labor room. <laughs> That's beautiful. Well, you know. <laughs> Where's good wisdom, test. right? <laughs> Who's just counting? I had like 10 people in the room with me, not counting the nurses. nurses. And yeah. Yes. Really? So you're yes. just comfortable pooping in front of others. Apparently Please. that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> Except for my father-in-law was like, nope. Yeah. That's, I can't remember my dad. And yeah, son my dad of a gun out. snuck back in too. Yeah. We son didn't tell anybody we were... Like with our second, I didn't even tell anybody. I was in labor until baby was already born. We just started calling people. We're like, hey, I had a baby this morning. Like, it was oh, my second one, everyone else was at the hospital before us <laughs> in the room. And my aunt oh calls my and goes, we kind of can't do this without you. <laughs> yeah. You're late to your own birth. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Wow. So okay. that's one of those, you know, you got to, you have to really put it in perspective. Like, is that going to, is that going to, harsh your oxytocin flow like you know could no, you could not you carry make, she'd love well it. you know <laughs> more than merrier, more than merrier. <laughs> but for <laughs> others it's like i'm like um yeah no you need to like be out of the room i i hugged with our first i was on my hands and knees like hugging the bed so i couldn't see anybody else in the room because i knew there was nursery staff and there was my midwife was there and a couple extra nurses and my husband and I joke, I'm like, I swear in my brain, I was like, there's like 20 people in this room. He was like, there was probably like eight. But still, I couldn't handle seeing them. So since I was like holding the bed, all I could see was my husband on one side of me and the nurse was on the other side. And those are the only two people I focused on. And I was like, nobody else is here. Nobody else is here. Because that was what my brain needed. I'm like, nobody else needs to watch me <laughs> push this baby out right now. But they all, they needed to be there for hospital policies. So well, so. if you can't see yeah. them, then they can't see right, you. Right, right. That's exactly that's how. how I think. Yeah, that, that's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that you explains so much. Yeah. That explains so much. Yeah, like what, Carrie? She thinks nobody can see her. <laughs> Mind over matter. Wow. Yeah, first it's a big mental game, and it's uh, we don't we a lot of times don't treat it that way. So. Uh. It's uh, it's interesting. Well, there's so much stories attached to it, like so mm -hmm. many things that we've seen or stories that we've heard yeah. that we think, okay, that's the way it has to be mm -hmm. versus every experience is different because I do remember just like you, like there was a different experience for every each time. Yep. My third one, so my first birth was 33 and a half hours. The second one was 30. And so my third one, I was like, I'm just pushing before they tell me to. So I'm sitting here pushing. <laughs> and then the doctor that. comes in and goes, okay, it's time to push. She'd barely got one glove on and he was out. Because I've been pushing the whole time. She's like, wow. Here comes Betty. Caught him with one hand. I was like, oops. Sorry. I've been pushing the whole you time. You do it your way. Wow. It's like, are you ready to get started? I was like thinking I've been doing this for a while. <laughs> so yeah, everyone has yeah. to start but pushing. Yeah, so I do not recommend that. Yeah. <laughs> but we have that we have that stigma that we can't push until somebody tells us to. And I mean, if you're having an unmedicated birth, like you get to a point where you're like, sorry, I can't help but push. Like, yeah, this baby's yeah, coming yeah. With, with or without you. So I was um, medicated. But yeah. <laughs> I was less medicated the second time, so I did push a little bit faster yeah. than they told me. I don't know. Yeah. I was medicated all three times. <laughs> 
Are you still medicated? Because yeah. <laughs> it kind of seems like it. Nope, I can feel everything. <laughs> I'm not numb anywhere. <laughs> oh, wow. So you weren't medicated. You no. Okay. Mm. How? Yeah. Brave woman. No, I had no medication for either baby. Oh like gosh. the first. Bravo. Our, yeah. <laughs> our first baby, like I didn't even get an IV when we went to the hospital. Like that was. Um, Holy smokes. That was, and that was part of my mental game. It was like, well, if I can do all of this in the hospital, then why can't I do it at home? Because I basically just did it without, without any assistance kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was, but that's what I set my mind around. And that's what I focused on. Um, and we had, I moved a lot. Like I, we had different positions. I was in a tub for a long time. And then at the hospital, they made me get out of the tub. And at that point I thought I wasn't going to be able to do it because mm-hmm. getting, I mean, moving someone while they're pushing is a whole, like, that's hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet. It's because I had to get out of the tub and then walk across the room to the bed. And it was like, I'm like, this baby's going to fall out of me. Um, yeah. Didn't, but at home, I got to stay in the tub. I didn't, no one made me move. I had, we had a water birth with my second. And so it was, and you know, it's all choices. There's, there's risks in anything that you do with birth, whether you have a totally. birth in the hospital, at home, at a birth center, there are risks and you just have to figure out for your family which risks are right for you to take. Mm-hmm. And so for me, as a healthy mom that had already had an unmedicated birth, for me, the risks were too high to go to the hospital because I didn't want to deal with interventions. I didn't want to deal with declining things. And I knew I had a midwife that was really skilled, um, that I trusted her credentials. I got lots of referrals for her. And then once I hired her, I still asked everybody I knew. I was like, do you know this person? Cause I just hired her and she's gonna help me have my baby. And they're like, oh yeah, that's who I would go to if I was gonna have a, you know, it's like even um, asking providers that that kind of information. And so, and then she showed up with like a suitcase full of extra stuff in case anything happened um, and had like an oxygen tank and all these kinds of things. So it's not like when you're having an out of hospital birth, it's like, it's not like there's any, there's no, there's still safety nets. Mm -hmm. It's not like you're doing it in the woods by yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Although that is an option. Um, And that's, yeah. So it's like, there's still medical professionals. Somebody's still listening to my baby, like during contractions, making sure they were handling things well. It was just not a continuous strip. It was a like, let's listen every 15 minutes and make sure baby's doing. Oh, I had my own. It's such a fascinating subject. Like when you think about it, it's, so much emotion and the baby's emotions, the husband's emotions, your emotions, right. anyone that's in the room. Right. Like and there's I'm, so much. But for a lot other people, even if they're wanting to have an unmedicated birth, being out of a hospital is too scary for them. And then that fear plays a whole mm. other factor. And it adds that layer that um, they have to get past. So trying to take away as many barriers as possible. So any fear, any anxiety, all of that, taking it all away, is that's what helps get you down to the, the nitty-gritty of having that baby in the best way that's best for you and your family. And maybe that is an epidural. What's the best way to reach you? Like someone listening to this show wants to. Um, probably through my website, which is that birthwithknowledge.net. I'm also all over social media. You can find me at birthwithknowledge on Facebook and birth.with.knowledge on Instagram. Um, so Facebook message, Instagram message, you can text message me. You can, uh, however, is all I'm, I'm out there. You can find me. Right. Thank you so much for being with us. Yes. I learned so much about birth. 
I she might do it. Hopefully it wasn't all scary. <laughs> it eased my mind a tiny bit. Okay, good, good. <laughs> well, you know, if that happens, there's support here for you. Yeah. Right? And I didn't know <laughs> that. you. Yeah. I picture, I picture having babies. I'm like, oh, I'm all on my own. I don't even have a husband. Yeah. Yeah. Even that, if you yeah. don't have, have a husband, there's still lots of support. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Well, well thank thanks you. For being with us. Thank you guys for having me. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye.